This episode was brought to you by cyborg.com.au. That's P-S-Y Borg. Part mind, part machine. Hey, Daniel Borg here from Cyborg. Today I had the honour of chatting with longtime client Glenn Azar of Adventure Professionals, Project 180 and the popular Building Better Humans podcast. I've been working with Glenn for over 10 years since we met on the Kokoda track where I've been helping him with his brand development, digital marketing, websites and more. Today we get a chance to reflect on that. We chat about resilience through COVID-19, pivoting, what you can learn about yourself on the Kokoda track, branding and much more. Take a listen and be sure to rate us on your favourite podcast streaming service if you enjoy our conversation. Since you're all here, what does the future mean to you? Once you've learned to think you can't stop, how does it fit into your everyday life? It's about this that I I want to talk with you. Untethered with Daniel Borg. Untethered with Cyborg, Daniel Borg here. This is my client, lovely bloke, Glenn Azar from Adventure Professionals, Project 180. He also has a coaching business, Glenn Glenn Azar Coaching, our success coach. And he also has an amazing podcast, Building Better Humans, which actually helped him start, I don't know, four or five years ago. Welcome, Glenn. Yeah, we're so- Mate, we're into our fifth year of the Building Better Humans project. We've just gone over 600,000 downloads. Like, it's come a long way That's since you and I have tried to work great. that out. It, it has been awesome. I've been loving watching you grow and, and being able to, like, tap in now and then to help you help you with that. And, mate, it's just such a pleasure to be able to have you on, on my podcast. Like, it's taken me a long time to get here. But uh, I guess this COVID-19 thing has given me a bit of time to be able to have a bit of a play with this. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, made, it's changed a lot of things for a lot of people and it's showed us how quickly we can adapt when we need to in businesses. I've, yeah. I've been really proud of the way the fitness industry has adapted. These are all these people who thought they couldn't do online stuff. Now they've got no choice, they're doing it. Yeah. You, know, you yes. and I are the same. Yes. Um, yeah, necessity is the mother of all invention, isn't it? So it's, um, it's forcing everyone to, to make the change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, like, um, so how are you finding COVID? I know you've been quite busy, right? You're, you're, you know, the thing I love about what you've been able to do is you've pivoted fast. You've almost got three arms to your brand. You've got the adventure work, which has kind of slowed down and halted. You've got the gym, which has stopped. But you've got coaching, which is like your third, third uh, leg on the stool. And that's now probably ramped up for you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so we always, right on the front of our building, it just says three words, fitness, mindset, and adventure. Adventure is our biggest business. It typically runs at about probably 83, 85% of our entire company is adventure um, through adventure professionals. And then, you know, sort of 10% to 12% is tends to be the coaching and mindset stuff, teamwork, leadership, the stuff that I do a lot of. Um, And then sort of anywhere from 2 to 5% is the fitness side. And so it's it's only a year old though the gym side, yeah, even though yep, we've, yep. as you know, we've had a gym yep. before. But mate, we've dropped ninety percent of our income overnight. Mm. Gyms were closed, uh, so all of our personal training's gone. We've got a few of our members have stayed on. We're doing some online stuff with them. Uh, the adventure business you can't travel out of the state, let yep. alone overseas, because yep. yep. as you know, nearly all of our trips are overseas. They're, we go yes. to Russia, Africa, Nepal, Yukon, PNG, yep. can't go anywhere. Yeah, um, but coaching has gone through the roof. Why? Because, yep. you know, it's easy to guide people through and do mindset stuff and put up cool quotes and pictures or lines in your profile mm-hmm. picture when things are good. Yep. But when things are tough is when people actually 
fall back and need this stuff. So we've been coaching up. Yeah, mate, we've had a lot of companies from 10 and 15 employees to 700 employees contacting Mm. us, uh, overseas and Australian-based companies saying, we're worried about the mental health of our team. Now they're all working from home. And so that's what everyone's missing is this human connection, human interaction. So they're bringing me in and and Alyssa and and some of my team, and we do weekly videos into groups for them. We do live chats. We're not here to tell them how to be good accountants, lawyers, doctors, insurance agents, whatever their trade is. Yeah. We're here to tell them how to look after themselves mentally yeah. and stay positive and upbeat in a pretty uncertain environment. And after 17 years in the army, after all the mountains and that we climb and things that we do, we're built for this moment. We're built for yeah. what's happening right now. That's excellent. And I mean, back to the teams, uh, the the way you're helping to coach the teams of people that are in a, like a distributed network, they're actually not in the same building, right? They're all uh, remote workers. So in a way, you guys help them keep their culture alive, would you say that? Like because they're all in their own, yeah. Well, we encourage the leadership to still do what they, and a lot of them are already doing this. They're doing, you know, weekly Zoom feeds and they're just spending 15 minutes at the start of their chats, just having chats, how's things going and just how are the kids and all the stuff we, that's that's incidental conversations that we miss when we're not working or interacting with people. Yep. So it's not all of the work conversations. It's all of the just, you know, how are the kids going? What did yeah. you do on the weekend? It's We're missing all of that. We're kind of feeling right. imprisoned. So yes. I think, so I encourage them to do that and they're already doing it. But what I come in to do is help them as individuals as well. Because in your team, mm-hmm. one group I'm just starting to work with now have um, like employees right around the world in, in South Africa, in Italy, through the UK, uh, and yet they're a Melbourne-based company. So then what yeah. I help them do is, well, they did say to me, look, all the people in South Africa, for example, seem to be mentally really struggling with this. They're really beat down. And, yeah, and right. I said to the guys running the business, well, what we don't know is what what are their politicians saying to them? What's the media in their mm-hmm. country saying to them? It's how that's being handled and distributed changes the way they feel. So that's really tricky to manage right. a team like that. We're not just talking about work anymore. We're talking about life. So we yeah. just come in and try and give them tips around resilience, um, set them little bite-sized goals, little chunks of things that they can work on each week. They can chat to each other about. In every team, you're going to have people that are really strong at any task, yeah. people that are really weak and people in the middle. And in the military, we learned that when you're not good at something or you're struggling through something, you lean on the stronger people and yeah. vice versa. And so I try and teach that skill into teams that have never had to face this sort of adversity. Yeah, before. right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you said they've got their own culture outside of their house, if you like, like the government, what the media is saying, but then they've got the internal culture of the corporation they work for and you have to try and balance the two or work about, it's kind of like a gyroscope inside of another gyroscope, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you're going to try and balance it or something, yeah. So what you can't do is you can't just have a cookie cutter model. You can't just go, look, here's a 12-week program, step one, step two, step three, because... There's got to be interaction about how do you feel about that? What what feedback are you getting at the moment from the outside world, from the country that you're in, from the family? Like each, you know, each family dynamic yeah. is yeah. different. Yeah. Because you've worked from home and you make, you were making this cool before it was cool, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah, been yeah. a lot of change for you. But yeah, there, yeah. I know people that are spending 10 hours a day travelling to work, at work, and then travelling home from work. Yeah. And they yeah. love their family. They love their kids. They love their husband and wife. But now they're together and trying yeah. to homeschool, they're driving each other nuts. Oh, it's, and it's, it's not crazy. That, yeah, it's well, not that they don't love each other. They're just not used to it. It's changed the dynamic of what they're used to. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for 14 years, but all of a sudden we've got kids at home, we're homeschooling as well, and it's not easy. Like, we're, it's still affecting us. Like, it's, um, it's definitely a challenge. So I can imagine if you're not doing this already, how much harder it would be. It's just like a massive learning curve. It's like jumping off a yeah. cliff and trying to, try, to build, <laughs> try to build a plane before it crashes. <laughs> yeah. That's true, mate. And as you yeah, know, yeah. that's kind of business and entrepreneurship. But yeah, yeah. if you've just had a good, safe job and you earn, yeah. you've slowly yeah. moved your way up the ladder and you get paid really well, you haven't yeah. had to em- embrace this sort of challenge no, before. No, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, like um, I've, I've been blessed to have lots of different client relationships and that's why I'm bringing it to this, this forum is I'm being able to see how different clients react and different leadership skills and different mentalities and you can really see um, the people that, you know, lift their game and rise and the others that just sort of well, sit down and sit on their hands and just sort of wait and see what happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been learning a lot about myself through this phase as well as, as a lot about people too. It's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, I don't we're, mean, yeah, yeah. You and I are front foot sort of people, though, and we always have been. So we're happy to get on the front foot and go, okay, this is normal right now. We don't know how long this is normal for, and it could be three or six months. I don't don't want to wait it out for six months. I want to be doing stuff. And so I just got on the front foot straight away and thought, well, what do I love to do? I love Mm. to build better humans. That's what Mm. my podcast is called. That's what all my businesses are about. So why don't I just go out there and right now people need people like me yep. to have certainty yep. and be calm. So let's do what I'm really good at. And it's, it's been really effective. Like I would say surprisingly so, although I know what I'm good at, but it's surprising how many people have recognized really early, Hey, we need this. We kind of want yep. this in our business or even I'm doing some, a lot more personal coaching cause I've got a lot more time and a lot of it's just around uncertainty. People are just uncertain and they're scared and they're probably watching too much media. And like, even from the government, I think our government's done a great job. Uh, mm. I will say that up front, but even for me, every time I turn on my phone, there's someone else doing a live media update yeah, from our yeah. federal governments to our state governments to the federal health minister to the state health minister to for us in Brisbane, the Brisbane City Council. Everyone seems to be doing a live yep. feed. Now, if I watch that all day, that oh, would take yeah. me six hours a day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You'd be depressed too. Like you couldn't. No way. I've, I've chosen to switch off from that now. I, I was on it at the start, like when it all first started happening, but then... I sort of work out, well, this is what's happening. I'll just get my family, my life in order, get it set, and then I've just been cruising ever since, like being able to, yeah. yeah. Mate, just look for the summary at the end of yeah. every day. Look oh, for the summary from the government yeah. to go, legally, yeah. what am I not allowed to do? Let's make sure I don't, because yeah. I don't want to break rules. I don't want to be involved in helping spread this thing or stopping it yeah. from, I want to get back to normal life as soon as I can too. Yes. And the only way we can do that is if we all stop kind of stuffing it up, it seems. But, you know, oh, definitely, yeah. again, 17 years in the army, we're used to being locked down. We're yeah. used to being told what we can and can't do. This is not unusual for us. I know, well, I want to tap into the army because we obviously met through Kokoda um, over 10 years ago. And I know you've done Kokoda like 70 odd times. How many times have you done? 70? Uh, 79. 79 times, almost up to 80. And, and that's what I was meant to be um, on Kokoda yesterday. Yeah, well, there you go. Far out. It would have been your 80th time. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. And it's, it's, it's getting the Anzac Day as well. So you would have had the Anzac Day one coming up. Is that right? I was meant to do three in a row. So I was meant to yeah, do a right. private one and then two Anzacs. So it's wow. hugely yeah. disappointing for me to have. This is the second year in 14 or 15 years that I haven't yeah. spent Anzac Day uh, on the yeah, Kokoda right. track. And even yeah. worse than that is, I guess, 
Um, I don't get to wear my medals to an Anzac Day parade anywhere, which I'm always proud to do. Yeah. Um, because we can't even go to an Anzac Day parade. So if ever I've missed an Anzac Day before, I've at least been able to go, well, the benefit is I go to a right. good dawn service in Australia. Yeah. So look, yeah. that's disappointing. But more than that is I've got like 50, 60 people over the next, you know, 30 days that we're all meant to do Kokoda yeah. and they're going to miss a one-off experience for them, which is, yes. which is they'll get it, but they're just not yeah, going to get it when they plan. And that's a bit sad. That's right, it's postponed. And so, I mean, that's what fascinates me about you is because I've done Kokoda once and I know the struggle and the challenge. And for me, it wasn't just the Kokoda track, it was the preparation to be fit enough to do it. Like that was hard, but fortunately we were fit enough and we actually really enjoyed it. But I learned so much about myself in terms of my mindset on that adventure and it's really helped me with my business. So like whenever I have hard times in business, if I have to work through the night or something fails and I have to like really work hard to pick it back up again, I always reflect back on the experience of Kokoda and knowing that I got through it and, um, and the exhilaration and the, and the, the good feeling of, of getting through that such a hard time. So I definitely always reflect on that in my business. But back to the mindset of Kokoda was how I noticed my ego dissolved because we're on a, mm. um, a group of say 14 or 15 people, strangers that we'd never met before and everyone starts with their egos. So yeah. we're on this track and you've got bankers and lawyers and, you know, um, hairdressers, all different walks of life. And you start with everyone engaging at that level. But then as it gets harder and harder, like after day three or something, you start to see all those egos dissolve and the real characters come out. <laughs> and that's where I learned. And, and you were talking about this on another podcast, uh, you know, yesterday, which I was listening to. And that's, I think that's the real challenge and the real beauty of Kokoda. Can you talk a bit about that? It's- yeah. Well, I think adventure in general, but particularly Kokoda, um, like the jungle doesn't care who you are, what your status is in, yeah. in, in your real life, how much money you've got. None of that matters. What yeah. matters out there is your ability to survive and even thrive in that moment, your ability mm-hmm. to work in with a team of other people. And you can only true that when you truly do that when you drop the wall. So we all yeah. have a mask on, we all have a wall up. You can maintain that mask even eight hours a day, five days a week going to work for years with the same people yeah. can never truly know you, but you can't keep that mask on 24 hours a day. When you're physically struggling, when you're going through an emotional journal of journey of someone telling you the story of Kokoda the way I tell it because to me that's as a soldier that's important to make sure you feel what was happening over there for the local people for the Australians and for the Japanese and then at the other end of that you become a very different person so I always say that adventure is the best personal development in the world because who you are at the start of any adventure and who you are at the other end are two different people and you can never unexperience something it just can't happen. Oh. So you can lose everything in life. You and I could lose our businesses yep. Yep. and we can lose money and we lose family members to, say, cancers. And you can't mm. lose experiences. They're yep. locked in there forever. Part so the of, lessons... Part of your character. Yeah, so the lessons yeah. you've learned. And what it actually teaches you, those sort of adventures, is that you, have to, you can dig down, you can prepare for something, so you can dedicate yourself for three or six months, however long you need to train. So you can do that. You can apply yourself over a long period of time. You can then go out there and handle whatever adversity Mother Nature throws at you because I've been out there where it's rained 10 hours a day for eight days. I've been out there where it's been bone dry. I've had all the experiences. Um, 
I've had injuries, I've tweaked, tweaked a knee or rolled an ankle or, and you still just keep going. You can keep yeah. going. If you're at home in Australia, you'll be on bed rest and put your leg up. But out there, you just keep going. So yeah. you show yourself that you can do all of that stuff. And what you're doing is you're giving yourself um, evidence that you have the ability to dig deep and do what needs to be done when it needs to be done despite adversity. Yes. Then when you're faced with something like coronavirus, you mm. have, that's why people like myself who spent years in the army and years doing yeah. adventures, we feel really calm because yeah. I've tested myself on so many different yeah. levels that whilst this is uncomfortable, it's not the most uncomfortable yeah. thing I've been through. Yeah. And so what you teach yourself, you're right, you come back and you get a business challenge or a, you know, yeah, you have a fight with your partner or the kids are playing up or there's something going on at work, you get a difficult client. We all have those things. Yes. But then you go, well, in reality, what's the context of this? Is, is it that big a deal? Mm. You've been through stuff before. It just puts, I think, life into context. So that's the adventure side, but also yeah. immersing yourself in the experience of the local people, mm. seeing Killer and the boys living in the jungles, yeah. seemingly with not much from a materialistic point of view, yet they've got everything. They're at yeah. home with their kids, three generations, mums and dads, their kids and the grandkids all hanging out together not doing 10 hour days, not, you know, a slave to all the stuff, the, re the rates and the taxes and the cars and the yes. houses. And the and I think we have for years, all of us have been trapped in this, think that stuff's important. Yeah, it's a nice What's contrast. Most What's yeah. most important? Most important for you, honestly, is going for a skateboard with the kids or yeah. taking the kids out surfing. Those aren't mm. expensive activities. Yeah. They're, they're, you're investing time with them. Mm. And the local people along the track I think get that already because yes. that's a part yep. of their culture. Um, for us, we kind of sell sometimes five days so we can buy two and then try yep. and cram as much into those two as we can and then we go mm. back to it on Monday. And I hope COVID kind of mm. helps people realign of what is important, yep. you know, because money doesn't have the value we once thought it did, as we no. all know. It's, yep. you know, it's yeah. money's been crushed. No, uh, our comfort zones have been crushed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's... Um, I know, like the inflationary issues and also the way they're printing money at the moment, our dollar's going to be worth nothing and everything will be yeah. expensive overseas. We'll have to probably start manufacturing. So there's probably good, good, good sides to all this too. Like it might force a lot of changes around the economy, but, um, but that's... But it I'm might not force us, as a, it might, I'm not political, but it might force yeah. us as a country and a government to go, hey, we need to maybe produce more of our own food and yeah. keep it in Australia. We need oh, to be definitely. more self-reliant. We need... You yeah. can't rely on being able to sell everything overseas, and probably nor mm. should we. I think it's going to be better for our farmers who've been getting squeezed for the last two decades. It's mm. there's a lot of positives, uh, exactly. and there's a lot yeah. of hard. Let's not yeah. lie. There's a lot of hard times yeah. coming too. Yeah. But if we yeah, can, it's... I've been encouraging people, you know, just through my own mediums and through Monday morning podcasts. I call it Mental Health Mondays, mm. and I'm an, as you know, I boxed for years. I was in the army yes. for years, so I've just been saying to people, no matter what you're going through, stay in the fight. That's well, not dead yet. It's been a massive slogan of mine for years, yeah. as you know. But the other thing that I'm pushing a lot, there, there you go. The other thing I'm pushing a lot is stay in the fight. No matter how bad you feel, stay in the fight because yeah. in someone's world, you are everything and, mm. and you need to stay in the fight for them as much as for yourself and, and just encourage people to, to ride this out because we can. Oh, there's, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. We're just at the start of the tunnel at the moment. It's just a bit it's dark and eventually we'll see the light. Yeah, it is daunting, and but that's why you've got to be social. Like, even though we've got social distancing, we've still got social media. 
Um, yeah. and, and it's really physical distancing. It's not social distancing. So we can still be social with each other and, and that's what's going to get us through us. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing these um, videos and podcasts now just to like communicate with my clients like on this level, like with you now. And it's just, it's just wonderful. And um, so let's talk a little bit about what we've done together. Like basically I've helped you with your branding uh, since we met on the Kokoda track. So I was just back to the Kokoda track. One thing that, um, I was reminiscing about this morning was you, uh, I think it was about midway on the track. We're in like a cabin with a fire and you asked everybody to tell their story. And it must've yep. been once the walls started coming down, right? Because the stories were quite emotional for everyone. Like, and I remember telling my story about how I was doing engineering for so long and I was depressed and I hate it. And then I met Adele, my wife now, and she told me to change and I, and I was scared to change. And, you know, all this sort of like all this sacrifice, all this sacrifice I'd made for so long. And then I'd given it all away and started something brand new. Um, and I think you might've, like that story because from that I think you understood my journey and that's why I've been doing all your branding and all your work like is, is that true can you remember that like I, I remember do and I, I remember it and we have that experience with lots of people mm -hmm. um, and it's part, part of my favorites because if I ask people to tell their stories on day one or two the walls are still up you're right and yeah, by the end yeah. we've kind of been stripped back and we're, we, we've yeah. experienced some stuff together so we're happy to talk about it but there was a couple of reasons why I wanted you to take on my stuff. And to be honest, um, one of them is you're not a natural adventurer. So yeah, it was right, more Adele that wanted to, well, yeah, it was more yeah, Adele yeah. that wanted to do it. And you were honest about that. And yeah, yeah. she's like, you told me in training, she's powering up hills and you're kind of going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so to me, I, there's a couple of things. I love some um, supporting small businesses because that's what we are. And yeah, I love yeah. that kind of grassroots stuff. Yeah. I wanted someone who, enjoyed an adventure, found it tough, challenging, but it also got a lot out of it, who wasn't normally a hardcore adventurer. Because my idea yeah. was then they would be able to tell our brand journey yeah. better than someone else because they would look at it and say, um, this is what I've experienced. Right. As opposed to if you were this hardcore fitness guy and adventure yeah. guy and you're out doing stuff all the time, people yeah. would go, yeah, of course, of course you get it. But what if yeah. you're not that guy? Yeah. Um, and this was as as you know, before you had kids and all of those yeah, sort of things yeah, and yeah. your business had only just started. I hadn't even started yeah. and I was working yeah, for someone right. else. That's right. That yep, year, yep. I was still in the army. So I hadn't got out of the army. I didn't get out till yeah. September, 2009. So yeah. we went over around the time I was getting out. So, you know, we were both at the start of a really interesting journey. I, yeah. I, was, I don't know why I thought the other day, I wonder how much money I've spent like with you guys over the years <laughs> because of all I, the I won't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason um, I say that is I'm not made of money by any stretch, but yeah, I yeah, next yeah. to never ask you what things are going to cost. I yeah, just assume yeah. after a decade yeah. that you're going to look after me, you're going to yeah, do a really yeah. good job. Yeah. And yeah. occasionally I have gone out to other people to yeah. look at things yeah. to get a different idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it hasn't always worked out. But yeah. you've done all of my branding for, well, now two different oh. gyms, the adventure business, the coaching business, Alyssa, my daughter's um, website and page. Uh, oh, there. I'll, so yeah, I'll, I'll cut to this so we can just show some examples of the work, I suppose. Yeah, um, so you've done all of these rebrands over the years. Um, you know, this logo here started as Alyssa's logo, which was, um, you know, yeah. if I can tell the story of that, it's the A for Alyssa Azar yes. um, and for those people that don't know Alyssa's the youngest Australian to climb Mount Everest at 19 
She's the youngest woman to climb Mount Everest from both the north and south side. So it was the mountain. The, the trail up the mountain was the Z in Azar because it's quite a strong sort of um, piece to our name. But it was also a trail up the mountain. It's kind of got the – it had the mountain top and the jungle sort of bottom in the different colourings. Yeah. And then a few years ago, all my logos were different because I used to just go out mm. to things like online websites and do logo tournaments and stuff. And I said, I need to do something <laughs> with my brand and you said yeah why don't we use Alyssa's logo to underline everything and that's mm. what we've done so if you go to project 180 uh on the right there yeah so people probably it looks different to the rest but it doesn't really if you look into it project 180 for those watching is the name of our gym mm. and the little degree symbol above the 180 because 180 is about 180 degrees taking you from where you are to where you want to be but the yeah. degree symbol is the mountain again it's the azar it's the a and the path up yeah. the mountain and so, and so that's been that's our tie-in across the board. And it yes. took a lot for you to convince me, remember, to do that because I was yeah. kind of like, eh, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. So, um, but, you know, it grew on me. <laughs> well, well, for me, branding's really about telling a story through visual elements and it always has to associate back to a logo. So to have the common denominator of the triangular shape, which is a mountain, it's an A, it's got the path, it's got the Z, there's so many links back to you as a, personality as a personal brand and Alyssa as a personal brand that that's why it should be the common denominator and then that gets yeah. distributed across everything and then the, so it's like a, a core or a root to the story and um, yeah. you know good good branding is all about storytelling and you know you're a good storyteller so we have to associate it back to that symbol and then people whenever they see the symbol they associate back associate it back to the story so you kind of reverse engineering you unpacking yeah. it into a brand and then that brand then serves back to you if, if that makes sense yeah um, yeah totally yeah 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 um so you know you've also got the coaching business which we talked a bit about um, yeah so the coaching one's kind of uh as you know it's the one we have let sit and i don't even update the websites regularly at the moment because last year for example we opened project 180 and the adventure business is so big that I stopped taking on clients at all in the coaching business. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of inquiries through the podcast, but I just said, can't fit it in. I, I'm not going to take someone on if I can't give them all of myself. So I just said, no. Um, but now with all of this happening, it's given me time to re-look at our website, uh, which I've just been playing around with, just looking at it today. Because Alyssa and I do a lot of mentoring and coaching of people and we recreate the content every time we do it. So we yes. thought, what if we could have content that you could buy, like say you're suffering anxiety it's, uh, and you buy a five video module on helping you overcome that. Or you can buy a subscription to everything we put up over the whole year. Because the podcast is great, but it's this and that and it's talking about whatever I want to talk about. Whereas if I'm particularly suffering anxiety, then mm. I want to watch and, and read and learn about that in a five video series, which I can put together the content. So we're starting to rebuild we do have a name, as you know, called the Azar Consulting Group. It's actually yes. separate to all of our businesses because mm -hmm. all of my other businesses, I have two business partners in. Um, mm -hmm. Only small shareholders, but they're there. Azar Consulting Group is just Alyssa and I. Yes. And so that will override. But the overriding thing will still be building better humans. That's mm -hmm. what we want to do. Yes. Alyssa can go out now and speak to hundreds of school kids, you know, mm. as she goes to schools all around Australia. And then they, they always say, well, how do we get more involved? Or how can we get more content? Well, you can't unless you come to Kokoda or Everest Base Camp and you've yeah. got to spend thousands of dollars. 
But what mm. if that was a $49 course that a kid could take? Yeah. Now, yeah. she can speak to a 14-year-old girl in a way that I can't as a nearly 50-year-old bloke because I just yeah. sound yeah. like their dad. Yeah. Whereas she's a young girl or a young woman yeah. who they can look back at what she did as a young girl and she's done heaps of stuff. So yeah. we just think that there's massive growth in that side of our business and our brand. We think online is the way to go. I'm loving how much Zooming I've been doing lately with companies yeah. all around Australia and the world with individuals. Um, like I'm tonight working with a group of pharmacists from the Terry White Chemmark group talking to all of their staff because they've been under the pump. Health workers, yeah, as you know, oh, are under the pump. And so they've been yeah. working around the clock. They've been, even pharmacists have been physically, you know, assaulted, sworn at, spat at. This is crazy. This is how the world went yeah. a bit nuts for a couple of weeks. Mm. So my job is to sit with them at 7.30 at night because that's when they can catch up and just talk them through some things that they can do. So this whole online world, mm. like mm. I knew it was there. I just didn't do mm. a lot of it because I'm a yeah. boots on the ground, go and walk the track sort of guy. But what are you when that's taken off you? Well, you've that's got to right. look at, well, how can I still do what I do? And this is yeah. how I do it. Oh, exactly. Like I used to have clients come here once a week and I can't do that now. So this is actually a lot more efficient, a lot more effective. You can, you know, there's no travel. There's no carbon. <laughs> no travel. Um, there's, you realise that what normally takes an hour for a meeting can probably be said in 15 minutes if you're just yeah. doing a Zoom. Yeah. You tend to, yeah. to, to be a bit more efficient on a Zoom meeting. Yeah. That's what my experience has been anyway. Untethered. Yeah. Watch this episode now on YouTube. Search Untethered with Daniel Borg. Untethered with Daniel Borg. So talk a little bit more about Alyssa, like your daughter. She, Like I started sponsoring her from the start, right? So this is back... Would have been what when she was seventeen or eighteen years old, and oh, young, younger than that. Uh, she had her yeah. first attempt on Everest at seventeen. Yeah. Um, yeah. She made the call to climb Everest at the age of fourteen. She was coming off Mount Kilimanjaro, yeah, right. so that would have been around the time you started to build websites and content around yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, two thousand and She did Kilimanjaro. So that would have been two thousand and twelve. Yeah. You would have started doing yeah. her work. Uh, yep. She's 23 now. She, yep. but yep. to go back, she did the Kokoda track as an eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, she did Everest Base Camp when she was 10. She went did the 10 highest peaks in Australia, the Aussie 10 peaks at 12, mm -hmm. uh, Kilimanjaro at 14, and then said, "I want to climb Everest." So after that, she started climbing. She's climbed the highest mountains in Russia in South America. Yep. She ended up having two failed attempts on Everest, failed due to weather yep. conditions, and now she is. Um, Climbed Everest at 19 successfully. Yes. Had a year off the year after. Or didn't have a year off. She went and climbed in Russia. And mm -hmm. then at 21, just felt like she had some unfinished business, wanted to climb from the north side. And so yep. she went and climbed from the north side and became the youngest woman ever in the world to climb from both the north and south side. I'm just going to grab her book here. There's, there's a book there that's go. all about it here, yeah. And I think I even get a mention in it too, which is pretty good. Oh, I just flipped. Yeah. I've never actually fully read the book, but I flicked through it. Like I read all the pieces, but I flicked through it and I found your piece in there just yeah. this morning. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. So, like, that's that's my claim to fame. Well, that <laughs> that only goes. Way. That really only goes up to her first Everest climb. Yeah. That book. Yeah, right. So it doesn't right. come. It came out in 2016 and it's still available on Amazon and Booktopia, yeah. but yeah. Um, she's really keen to write another book about yeah. all the experiences since then, the second climb. Mm. And then also all the mindsets and the, the growth mindset that she has because she's also at uni studying psychology. 
Yes. So she's now starting to fully understand why she thinks the way she thinks and why mm. she was able to achieve the things that she did because she was surrounded by really good people. She's an anomaly as far as her mindset goes from such a young yeah. age. And now she's getting the context behind that. So she will and write another book. And she's in demand. I mean, because I've helped you guys with the website and things, I get to see the different opportunities that come along and she's always getting requested to do talking and events and articles. Have you seen all the kids lately coming through on the emails? Uh, No, I haven't. No, no. Oh, they they would have went to you as well at somewhere, but we've had a heap of kids from different schools, like in grades five and six. Oh, asking for projects. Yeah, I've seen that. Well, from Canberra, from Brisbane, from who are all studying. Hey, we're studying you and we just want to ask these questions, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen that. It is, it is. It's like she's, she's getting into the zeitgeist. She's getting into the culture and that's, that's, that's beautiful. Like, yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Like, I think that's just to go back a step, talking about mm. building our brands, story mm. builds your brand, right? Yes, so yes. if you don't have a big, like we got a big story in my military mm. career and having been on active deployments, uh, 79 Kokodas and her climbing Everest, that's a mm. big brand build for us. Mm. Yeah. So we're not just a company that wants to sell you adventures. We are adventurers. That's but right. if people listening are looking at, well, you know, what's my brand about? You have to tell people the story. Mm. How mm. did you get here? Because I've had, Numerous people in the coaching space over the years contact me and say, I want to do what you do and how can I do it? And I said, well, you can't do what I do. Yeah, you have to you do, do it your way. Yeah, so, yeah. And yes, you can run an adventure company and you can do coaching and mindset around it, but you have to come from your experience. Yeah. Your, to do what I do, you've got to join the army at 17 or 18. You've got to do 17 years. You've got to do deployments. You've got to, all these things that brought me to here and some of them weren't in my control. They just happened. Mm. Uh, well, so for you to do that as a business owner, you've got to work out what is my story so that people can feel mm. your story. And one thing I talk a lot about in branding is differentiation. And when you're true to yourself, you are different from everyone. That You cannot be the same as anyone else. So just by getting back to your core and uh, doing it your way, you will be different. And when you understand that, you can articulate that. And then, then you're putting your point of difference out to the marketplace so you stand out from the crowd. Right, because yeah. you can only be you, and you're doing it your way. So, and when it, the thing I love about that is when you're doing that, there's no competitors, there's no competition because you're doing it to your true core, as far yeah. as you're aware of that. And um, the world's your oyster, right? You're only competing against yourself. You're not looking at what other people are doing. You don't care what other people do. You just make sure you're doing it the best way you can do it. So that's my big uh, advice to any business as well as find your true spirit and, and portray that to the world. But there are some good adventure companies out there and some good adventure people running them, but there's no one that's Alyssa and I. Yeah, that's there's right. no one. You just Google us and you can. So I went to a, a, an event once called the Key Person of Influence. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to that? It's a, it's a no, book that's written about the Key Person of Influence. It's quite good. And it mm-hmm. teaches you branding. And at the very, Alyssa and I both went. And at the start of it, um, Glenn, who, there's another guy who runs it, his name's Glenn, and he, he's, got people to stand up and he said, you know, tell me your name, tell me what you do. And then you are who Google says you are. So he would Google you and see, see what comes up. He was just encouraging people. This is a few years ago to write content, to write blogs, to get printed in your local news media, to just offer a lot of your time and energy for Mm. free and how that can come back to you at some point. Mm. And we Mm. didn't get up a listener. We're in the front row, but we know if you Google us, it, comes up everywhere because of mainly yeah, because yeah, of her Everest yeah. climbs, let's be honest. Yeah, 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 so yeah. anyway, they all sort of people left the room and we were kind of just standing there and he come up 
because we're near the front. And he said, um, what do you guys do? And I said, oh, we run an adventure business. And he said, so if I Google you, what will come up? And because he encourages people to write books and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and this has got a book yeah. that was written by Penguin. So, and I yeah. just kind of smiled and he Googled us and he went, holy crap. <laughs> and he said, so you are adventurers. That tells me straight away you are yeah. adventurers. Yeah, um, yeah. And the other thing that we're really well known for is having very strong mindsets. Mm. So mm. then we can help other people with that as yeah. well. That's just who we are. I'm not trying yeah. to be anything I'm not. No, that's right. That's right. And when you are who you are, geez, it feels good to go to work every day mm. or to get up yeah. every day or to, yeah. I'm not saying life doesn't have challenges, but it just feels yeah. good to yeah. say, this, yeah. this is who I am. I choose to be this. It's probably the root of happiness, isn't it? To like be who you are because um, you're not, putting any pretenses out there. You're not creating um, any um, false identities, I suppose, that can kind of come back and bite you. So you're just like, yeah. going, fuck, this is me, man, whatever, give it a, like, love it or leave so it. We, for us, we can't pretend to be someone we're not because some people can get away with that because you deal with clients here and there and little smatterings. Yeah. But with us, we have to spend 10 days in the jungles of PNG yeah, yeah, or, or, yeah. or 18 days on the trails to Everest Base Camp with people. Mm. So you can't pretend to be someone else for 10 days, 24 hours a yeah. day or for 18 days, 24 hours a day. So, mm. And the other side of that is if I pretend to be someone else, I attract clients who might not really be my sort yes. of people. Now I've got to spend 10 days in the jungle. And we've both yeah. got to pretend to be someone oh, we're not. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a nightmare. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying back to my Kokoda experience where the walls just come down, the ego dissolves, and people are just who they are. And we had a lot of conflict because of that. Like, it was funny. Adele and I got on really well through the whole trip. It was more the conflict we had with other group members because there was, like, rivalry of, um, you know, some people were saying, we want to cut it a day short. Can you remember those sort of things? You know, yeah, yeah. Mate, that's happened yeah. a bit. All that, yeah, all that sort of shit. And, like, you go, no, I paid for this certain amount of days. I want to have the adventure. I don't want to go home early. Like, I want to, you know, but, but, but then people having, because all the egos have gone, the, they're having the arguments. They're, not, they're just going for it. It's like that bloody TV yeah. show, um, Survivor. It's actually, I've got to yeah. say, it's changed a lot now because okay. I've become a better leader, to be honest. Right, right. So, so I've learned. Yeah, I've learned how to stamp yeah, right. out certain conversations or guide certain conversations uh, yes. or explain yeah. a bit further why, yeah. hey, let's slow down. Let's not be in a rush yeah. to go back to Western yeah. world that we, yeah. we're all yeah. enjoying the escape from. Well, let's, so let's not exactly. run back there, <laughs> yeah. which right. is a good – it's actually a good point for this coronavirus. Where everyone wants the world to go back to normal. Yeah. But I love that idea. I read it. It's not my idea. I read it somewhere else. Yeah. Be careful what normal you run back to oh, because mate, there were some no things normal. in your yeah. normal life that you, that you were tired of, that you wanted yeah. to change. Well, now you've got an opportunity to change them. So yeah, maybe yeah. it's a good time to upskill somewhere. Oh, and the thing I loved about Kokoda, remember, um, just not to go keep going back there, but we were the flight that there was a couple of flight crashes, like two of yes. them went into a mountain like two weeks apart and we were meant to be one of those. And so our trip got uh, postponed like about three or four weeks. So then we were like the first ones to go after those crashes and I've never been in that plane and like you're just in, it's just white smart like white cloud. You can't see anything and you know you're in between mountains. And like, yeah. I explained it, we're in like a cardboard coffin. We're so, we, <laughs> well, you know, I don't fly in those planes anymore because uh, I spent my, my background is aviation medicine, yeah. so I understand right. aircraft safety in the military. Yeah. But yeah. we now fly in a big, like a big, 40, 50-seater, land oh, on a right. bitumen airstrip, 
and then oh. we drive from Pop and Detter in. Just because I wasn't happy with the levels of safety they were applying to those small oh. planes. Now, those two instances were pilot error, but they could yeah. also, their maintenance is always great. Well, and that's I, a lot I, of third world style countries. Yeah, but I'm going to talk more about this because the actual pilot was like a teenager. He looked like a little kid. <laughs> and you had like someone like Killer sitting next to him and they were like jumping you'll, seats. <laughs> you'll scare people off Kokoda. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. <laughs> but I just remember like tapping you because I was freaking out and you just looked at me and you went, it's all right, mate. You just gave me this real good confidence. Like it was, yeah. it was awesome. Like you gave me this like, and I just, but then the reason I bring this part of the fear is because when you landed, you're landing like uphill on a grass strip with potholes and dogs running around, <laughs> which is awesome. And you get out and honestly, because you've had that exhilaration and that adrenaline and that fear, you feel like you've just entered the Garden of Eden. You know, everything was so beautiful and pristine and there's flowers and native grasses and, you know, the, the natives are but there. But you feel alive. It was just the best, yeah. And, yeah. and that's so kind of... Here's, yeah. So here's the lesson in leadership through yeah. that. I was still in the army, so I was still leading troops, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And the lesson in leadership is to be calm in the chaos. Mm. So often on those planes, they're not they're those little ones, which I don't yeah. really fly in that much anymore, but they're not as safe as like the aircraft I'm in in the army because they're well-maintained. Well, thanks but for telling me that now. <laughs> but but that's reality in, in a yeah, lot of countries. Yeah. Like a lot of yeah. the, the, it's the flight into Everest Base Camp, you know, they're, I've, I've jumped out of planes, not military planes, as in civilian ones, where they've got tape yeah. around the windows. In Australia, yeah. you oh, think, well, how does that pass safety, you know? <laughs> but it's um, the calm and the chaos, which is, which is what people who are leading yeah. people now, leading businesses, who are parents yeah. even, and how our kids will stay calm and how our employees and team will stay calm is if we are not freaking out and bringing in all the bad news and yeah. talking about all the negative yeah. stuff and going, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Truth yeah. is, none of us know what's going to happen. But yeah. with you and I, we're in the air, I go, hey, I'm, I'm calm because yeah. I long ago accepted with air travel that uh, that whole concept that takeoff is, you know, you don't have to take off in an aircraft. So that's a choice yeah. you get to make whether you take off. But landing, that's going to happen one way or the other. You're not <laughs> in control of it. So <laughs> at some point, we're coming back to Earth. So I learned to let go of my fear around something I don't control. And just be, it'll be what it'll be. And once we get on the other end and we'll get off and then we'll be okay. So that's, yeah. and, and the oh, calmness I can give other people is they look at me and they go, well, that, yeah, okay, well, he's, he's pretty relaxed. Yeah, that, so. that, helped, that helped me 100% because um, literally everything's white out. You can't see anything. And they're just relying on their little radar just a little dot yeah. they're looking at. That's all they're looking at. And the, at the altitude, I was watching him. He's like, the guy was actually up looking over. Remember, that? I mean, you probably saw that a hundred times. but Yeah, when <laughs> they're going in for landing time. on that small airstrip, when they're going in for yeah. landing, they look for like holes in the clouds yeah. so and not yeah, just straight up <laughs> to drop, drop in through that hole in the cloud. <laughs> that's what they were doing. It's like, oh, there's a hole. It's just like pockets of air. Just And you just... We'll just, we'll just pop through was, that. It was... <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. I'm, like, and that's um, part of that, the value of these experiences, right? They just make you realise it's all about what's in here. It's all about the fears in your head. They, they do not exist. It's what's reality on the ground. It's like what is happening now on the ground that you need to react to. You can't react to what's happening here. Um, yeah. And, you know, we touched on that a fair bit in this discussion. But, but you know, this, these dangers are at home too. We're just not as conscious of them. So... Uh, two days ago, I was driving into work. There's not much traffic around. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you about two instances. One, I was sitting at a green light and the car in front of me was mucking around on his phone, I think. So the light went green yeah. and he just sat there for a bit. But luckily he did. 
because coming the other way, a semi-trailer clearly went through a red light. He must have just been oblivious to it. And because our light had gone green, you know his must have been red. And this guy was looking at his phone. And I'm glad I didn't beep him and he took off. But like, that could have changed his life or ended it. And then on the same day, I was driving back into the gym or back into the office here for the adventure mm-hmm. business. And it's um, this guy on this little moped, we're at a green light. And he's taken yeah. off. And for, for whatever reason, he hasn't realised that the light in front of us at the next light, it's too short right. light, was red. Oh, right, and he just yes. runs straight up the back of another car oh, in this little moped. <laughs> and he's kindly got off and, and walked around. But I thought, geez, if he'd had a more speed up, luckily he'd only taken off in this one light. Yeah, right. he, he couldn't have been on his phone or anything because he's riding yeah, a moped. Yeah. But he could have killed himself. Oh. Um, so these things happen, at, you know, at home, I guess, as well. We're just not as conscious of it. I have noticed when I am on the road, like I went to Harvey Norman this morning and bought this microphone and the roads feel a lot wilder, whether it's my perception or not. It just feels a bit Mad Max, like just people want to get where they're going, you know? It's like, yeah. do you feel that too or is that just like... <laughs> Mate, look, I'm doing really big days in the office. I'm yeah, in here yeah, at 4 yeah. o'clock in the morning and yeah. I'm leaving here at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night because yeah. there's a lot of changes in our business that I'm adapting to. So yeah, I'm not yeah. out there that often. Yeah, but yeah, I am yeah. noticing it's a lot quieter on the roads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to get parked. It's, um, yeah, it's yeah, or you're, you're, you're in the city. Fuels. So. Yeah. Mate, fuel stopped 80 cents a litre in yeah, Brisbane. Right. It's 90, 91 cents. It was $1.77 about five yeah. weeks ago. So. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, um, I think this has been an awesome conversation, mate. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've had a good time. And um, it gets uh, uh, my audience to be able to get some insight into branding and how I work with clients and, and your business, the Adventure Professionals, and your podcast, Building Better Humans podcast. It's on iTunes. It's um, from your website, glenazar.com.au. Uh, I think it's just dot com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably should know that. I feel, I'm yeah, pretty no, sure it's dot com. Yeah, I think it is too. Well, you just just you, you built it. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's why that's why I'm wondering. Like, it's um, you Google Glenn Azar Building Better Humans. It's an awesome podcast. Like you said, you've had over six hundred thousand downloads. Like, it's yeah. um on awesome podcast networks and um, yeah, it's been so much fun working with you and working with Alyssa and um. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity and appreciate you coming on today and having a chat. It's, it's fantastic. I, I feel like before we sign off, we, we probably haven't explained not dead yet to people. Yeah, and I well, probably should. Yeah. I'll just quickly explain it because it's relevant. So when I first started the Not Dead Yet brand, so maybe three or four years ago, it just yeah, sort of yeah. came to me that I do what I do because I'm not dead yet. Yeah. And I had yeah. a few people challenge me and say, but it's kind of disrespectful like to – the soldiers who died on Kokoda or, and I'm a 17 year veteran myself. I've got mates who didn't come home or who killed themselves after getting home. That's the reality of the, the world yeah. that we sort of live in. And I said, no, it's the opposite. It's the ultimate respect that you should do the best you can in your life because there are these people that didn't live a full life. And yeah. I feel like it's almost disrespectful to them not to do that. As a soldier myself, if I go yeah. to Kokoda and I see 16 to 19 year olds buried there. And I think they didn't get a full life. And I feel like yeah. I owe it to them to have a crack oh. at my life. Um, I've got a son with a disability who doesn't get to do all the things that we get to do. I, I, I know friends, as we all probably do, that have passed away from cancers yeah. or whatever, who didn't get to live full life. So I just feel like not dead yet to me is we do what we do because we're not dead yet. But just yeah. recently, as you know, the only way you could get these shirts was yeah. uh, you had to do an adventure. So people yeah. would, every week, someone would say, can I buy a shirt? And I'll say, no, you, because they're strictly for people to do adventures. Yeah. It was kind of a cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah. Recently, I had a few people ask about, they, 
these were people came to me and said, I know the rule and I've done Kokoda with you, but I've got some family members that would like it because of what they're experiencing with coronavirus. I thought, oh, it's a good idea. So I just went online and said, hey, just on my own personal Facebook, yeah. I'm going to sell these if anyone wants them. And I thought, I'll sell about 20 shirts. <laughs> it just went, it went nuts. Yeah. So I spent three days packing yeah. shirts, trying to, yeah. it was out of control. Um, like $10,000 worth of shirts are clean yeah. now. Yeah, but the yeah. whole point of it now is the slight change for other people is mm-hmm. we're not going to let this thing beat us. Like, ah. yes, it's a tough time. We're all going through challenges, but this is almost now like a resilience thing. It's almost yeah. like a defiance to say, yes. I'm going to stand up in the face of this. I'm going to come yeah. out the other side because we're not mm-hmm. dead yet. And it's become hugely popular. And you made up some thank you cards for me on the last minute. I sent yeah. them out. Oh. People, people have loved them. Yeah, people have loved them. People have come back and said, that's really awesome. It just explains what the philosophy is. And, I feel like my business has grown astronomically in the last three or four years based off a hashtag purely because I understood more what my business was about. And it was about this. I feel, silly as it might sound, I feel stronger when I put this on. I feel almost like, bring it on. I can take this on. Mm. And that's kind of where it came from. And, And so I feel like my whole business changed when I understood what the soul of my business was, yeah, yeah. just what the job of it was, which is to take you to Kokoda. Well, now it's about taking you anywhere in the world and putting yourself in resilient situations because you can, because you're good enough to handle it. And and, and therefore living a memorable life, you know, you're actually take, making the most of it while you've got it. Like that's what I get out of Not Dead Yet is for myself is I'm making the most of whatever I can while I've got it. So I'm like challenging myself to the max on – so, like, you know, just working hard, really, because I love the, the, the development, the lift that you get yourself, you know? Like, um, mm. and that's not dead yet, man. When I'm dead, I can't do any of that. <laughs> you know? Well, I say to people that I, my goal for me personally and for other people is to live the, the depth of my life, not just the length of it. So yeah. I don't care yeah. if I – well, yeah. I do care if I die at 60 because I'm getting yeah. there pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. But yeah. at yeah. 60, 70, 80, 90 doesn't matter to yeah. me, but how yeah. deep did I live? How many yeah, people did nice. I touch? How many experiences did I have? That's mm. that's what I care about now. Yeah, yeah, that's so powerful. Um, like I mean, that's the same. Like not to talk about not dead yet, but I'm the same with Cyborg. My brand is it's part mind, part machine, and that's kind of part of my core. It's like thinking, it's creative, and it's like doing things that are mechanical, like you know, building a website or creating a a flyer or a design. It's like very machine oriented because you're using the software but it's the thinking behind it. So my whole essence is that. And it, that's yeah. why I've kind of like lived that brand myself, you know, because you feel it in, inside you and that goes back to tapping into your story, right? And being able to express it, I suppose. Yeah, so it's thinking and then it's bringing yeah. it to life. That's, yeah, that's The machine right. yeah. side, when I think of yeah. Cyborg, the machine yeah. side is up here from you is all the creative right. and then yeah. you bring it to life. And then that's it, right. it, yeah. Ends up, yeah. it ends up here. Yeah, that's or, right. You know, yeah, yeah, like a computer had to help me make that. So that's a machine. Then the printing press had to make that. That's a machine. Um, there's so many machines that are involved, but then the thinking is the mind that creates. And it's like a you know a double pun with the part man, part machine for cyborg, like the other kind of cyborg and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. You know, I I am not a human being. <laughs> Max Hedrick, you're probably too young yeah, to remember right. him. <laughs> I remember he's from the eighties. Yeah, no, I remember him. That's like that's like MTV stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's cool. Um, oh man, it's been heaps of fun. I, no doubt we'll do this again, and we, we've we've already done a few podcasts on your channel, so it's awesome to be able to get you on mine. And um, 
yeah, this this is awesome, mate. I really appreciate yeah. it. But I'll fun. share this on probably both of my podcasts because on the Kokoda yeah, track yeah. one, I think it just yeah. it's a nice way to explain to people more about who we are and our story and how yeah. you've helped craft yeah. that journey. Because you know yeah, me, cool. you've seen all the iterations and the growth yeah. of who we are to yeah. today, and it's been a long and an interesting and sometimes a fast journey. Because you know what I'm like, I've got yeah. an idea. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get this idea going. Yeah, and yeah. I'm you know, thinking out loud, and you're kind of rolling with me. Yeah, no, well, hopefully I've always delivered. You know, we've always always come back to you pretty fast to make sure that you're happy. And also, I want I like to do it fast too because I want the feedback, right? I want to know what it yeah. is, and then I'll change it and make sure it's right. So it's a, like I see design as an iterative process. I don't see it as oh, let's just do this. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm right. I feel like the client's right, but I have to consult. I have to help tease out what we really need to know and I just have to make it look sexy but yeah. that iterative process is really important to me I want to I want you to love it but I want it to be at your core not at my core because I'm not the brand for you you're the brand for yeah. you so yeah I just said that yeah. to someone recently who was asking me just you know getting a cheap logo and I said well mm. a logo is not as important as you think it is mm. as into someone else but it's important yeah. to you because it mm. needs to speak to you. Because if it speaks right. to you, then you make the brand what it is. Yeah, so and you're confident. That, yeah, if, if, yeah, if yeah. I'm like not dead yet or like my logos, I know what mm. they mean. And yeah. I've told the story of that A numerous times, which you told me, this is how yeah. we designed yeah. this is what's in it. Yeah. I tell yeah. that story to people and they go, oh, wow. It just, yeah. it, like, whereas yeah. when they just run across it the first time, they don't come to Adventure Professionals because no. they see that A. No. But no. when you explain to them what it is, they go, oh, wow. And you can talk confidently about, mm. you know, whatever you're not dead yet, your brand is. Yes. That's yes. the importance of your brand. It has to speak mm. to you, not yes. to everyone else first. That's right, yeah. And then you make it what it is to everyone else. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's confidence. Like, if you feel confident about something, you're happy just to be natural and talk openly about it. But if you don't, if you're insecure, you're, like, too overprotective, I think, and you don't actually express well. So I think yeah. it's about you, when you get the right articulation, which is the symbol symbol of your brand, and you understand it, you, you're confident about it, you express yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, mate, thanks for the chat. Awesome, mate. Thank you, mate. It was awesome. I really appreciate it. See you on the other side, brother. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> See ya. Untethered. untethered with Daniel Borg. So there you go. That was another awesome, raw and untethered conversation with a great bloke, Glenn Azar. Gee, that guy just oozes confidence and self-belief. And I know I came away from this conversation feeling much more inspired and ready to take on the world. I particularly love Glenn's insights into the Kokoda experience and how the jungle doesn't care about your status and how much money you have. It's all about how you can react in the moment to survive and even thrive. I see running a business in the same light we just need to take each day at a time and not get caught up in the stuff that just does not really matter. We need to react to the real stuff as it presents itself and not be persuaded by the beliefs all in our head. Thanks for listening and look forward to bringing you another episode of Untethered with Cyborg. Untethered with Daniel Borg. If you got value out of this conversation, be sure to subscribe, share and rate us on your favourite podcast app.